Hello, hello, we back, baby. Episode 11 of The Bentley Show. I am your host, Scott Bentley. We're back. We're back for another one. Pretty eventful weekend. Uh, Tigers made some, well, A, signing. Uh, and the rest of uh, the rest of the team is starting to show up to camp. So we got that to talk about. Pistons dropped two games this weekend and have an interesting point guard situation going for them going forward. So we'll discuss that. The Wings dropped two games to the Florida Panthers, one way uglier than the other. So we're going to go over that. And then the Lions, uh, the the salary cap projection for the NFL was released and the Lions are over it. Uh, so they got some decisions to make. We're going to talk about what kind of uh, cuts and such we could see going forward. And that's it. That's what we're talking about. So welcome back to the Bentley Show yet again. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Let's get right into it, man. The Detroit Tigers signed Julio Tehran to a one-year deal, as you can hear my phone go off. Um, Not... (laughs) Not... Not great, Bob. Um, there's a lot of deals that I would have liked more. To put it lightly, um, yeah, Julio Tehran is not good at the whole pitching thing anymore. Um, his velocity is way down. And he was one of the worst pitchers. I Honestly, I should probably say one of the worst non-Tigers pitchers. <laughs> he was one of the worst non-Tigers slash Pirates pitchers in, in all of baseball. One of the worst starting pitchers that was on a, a relatively competitive team in the Angels. Um, you know, uh, the worst pitcher that wasn't on a bottom-dwelling tanking team. I'll put it that way. Um. He he was horrible. He was absolutely terrible. He had like an entire negative one B war in like, what, 10 starts, nine starts. He was horrific. Um, The interesting thing is his 2019 was actually not bad. On, on like a base level, like a 380 RA and 33 starts is not bad. But then you look at some of the advanced numbers. His FIP was uh, not incredible. 4-6. That's not bad. Um, but given his ERA, you're seeing that he's a, he was a little bit lucky that year. And then in 2018, he had a 3-9 ERA with a FIP that uh, went up to 4-8. And his whip for those two years was 1-3 and 1-1, respectively, which is not horrible. I mean, if we get that kind of production out of him, obviously it's a, it's a fine deal. He'll eat innings, whatever. Um, look, I, no one should be losing sleep over this. Like, this this doesn't, you know, matter. <laughs> like, it was either Julio Tehran or, or Rick Porcello. And it was going to be a one-year deal just to eat innings no matter who we got. Like, you know what I mean? It's not – like, it doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but <laughs> – but um, Julio Tehran not – like I said, his velocity was way down last year. He lost – I mean, it, it, depending on what you're comparing it to, if you go back to his prime days, he's like four miles an hour slower on a fastball than he was. But if you go back to just like 2018 or 19, he's still down like a whole mile per hour, which might be, you know, no camp. Last year was a year, weird year. We're gonna, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't think he's going to show up here and, and have a 10 ERA in a, a full 33 starts or however many starts he gets. You know, that was a, that was a, a nine start season for him, but you know, don't expect, <laughs> don't, don't expect some, some top of the rotation arm either. He, he is, his best days are very much behind him. Uh, 30 year old righty. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to find like a, a lot of stuff to stay, but this signing, it's just sad. Like it's sad that 
this is one of the biggest names we've signed this offseason, and yet it's a completely irrelevant signing. You know what I mean? It's just sad that we're we're at that point in this not not even like this reboot. We're just at that point as a team. We're 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 in a situation where where the biggest signings of the offseason don't even matter because they're all like one year deals that just are are you know holes to plug until kids come up in the, in the next year or two or until we sign someone and actually decide to spend real money and not Julio Tehran money like the signing doesn't really matter I don't know maybe maybe I I just woke up in a bad mood I don't know but Like I said, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It was either him or Rick Porcello. They both suck. Um, so, whatever. I guess he's going to eat innings, which is what we need. We need someone to come in, eat innings. We need someone to take the pressure off the bullpen. If we have a six-man rotation, that'll also help. Um, but we, we needed another innings eater, given the shallowness and just – flat out weakness of our starting rotation. Um, so I, I, I've been saying for a while, obviously, as you all know, that, that we've, but we need to sign another starter. It's just that starter being Julio Tehran is not, <laughs> it's not going to make me throw a party. So Julio Tehran on the Tigers for 2021. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. The sad part is he's probably like a middle rotation arm for this team coming off a 10 ERA season. So, uh, the only other thing with the Detroit Tigers, Detroit baseball Tigers, I don't know if I said that at the start, is that um, the rest of camp, pitchers and catchers obviously reported last week, and, and the rest of the team is slowly staggering, starting to show up, uh, which is awesome, amazing to see. The big ones today, well, a lot of people showed up today, but the highlighted by uh, Spencer Torgelson and Riley Green showing up to camp together. That is awesome to see. Awesome to see. They had like a video, not, not montage, but like a video like, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. They edited together a video, and it was super cool of, like, Torque and Green walking out to the field at the same time. Uh, they're both supposed to take batting practice today, which is super exciting. Um, people have been asking me for a, a quite a long time now, do I think that we will see Torkelson and or Green in the year 2021? My answer is no to both. Uh, which obviously, you know, obviously in a perfect world, we'd see him, you know, tomorrow, uh, or, or I guess on opening day, but, um, you can't, the thing that frustrates me the, the most about some people's baseball opinions about development is that people think that if you're not in the majors, you're just not developing. It's like the most ridiculous, stupid misconception on the planet. Like the, the like the guy last week's show, we talked about that guy that, that was in my mentions because I liked the Robbie Grossman signing and he was mad about it because um, it was quote unquote blocking people like Derek Hill and um Daz Cameron it's like okay the it that that misconception just really makes me upset there are like 92 levels of the minor leagues the whole point of them is for development you you master one you get promoted to the next you master that one you get promoted to the next you master that one you get promoted to the next that's literally what they're there for. Literally there for development purposes. And you're trying to tell me that we should just take dudes who are batting 200 in triple and double A 
and that the only way they're going to get better is just throwing them up against Major League pitching when they can barely hit 200 at the levels they're at. That is ridiculously stupid. I'm sorry. It is. That's not how this works. That's not how development works. That That's just not how any of this works. So, like, uh, that was a little sidebar. I'm not saying anyone is is screaming up that, that these two should be just be in the majors on opening day. Um, although I'm so sure some people are because that's just that. But what I am saying, uh, how that relates, is because... Um, because these do Spencer Torkelson hasn't played a professional baseball game. The last time Spencer Torkelson played an organized game, he was at Arizona State. You are not just going to call him up. He's going to get at least a year of minor league ball under his belt. That you you can't you can't be mad or, or be all up in arms because Spencer Torkelson isn't on the opening day roster in 2022. It's ridiculous. Um, so he will, I think he's starting in double A. And Riley Green, I think they're both starting in double A, actually. Um, Green is another one. Same thing, but he's played professional ball before, but he, he topped out at single A. Again, you're not just going to take a 20-year-old and, oh, you, you did pretty well in single A. Here you go. You're in the majors now. Like again, that the minor leagues are there for a reason. They're there for a reason. That's why we're signing all these dudes to one-year deals at the major league level. We're just plugging holes until we see what we have next off season, and then if they're ready next off season, they'll come up. If they still need another year of development, we're gonna sign more one-year deals until they're ready. It's just how it works. Um. So, no, you're not going to see either of them this year. Um, there is some some reporter said you, he thinks they might see Torque at the end of the 2021 season. I don't buy it for a second. Um, I don't think they're willing to... to um, the only way I think that's possible is if we're remotely competitive in like September. If by some miracle of God, this team is like a 500 team in September, which by the way, there's a 0% chance that's happening. Uh, then they might call him up if he's hitting well in double A AA or triple A or wherever he's at by then. Because they'll be like, okay, screw it. Let's go for it. But that's not happening. So that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. So that's not happening. We are not going to be competitive at any point this year. So you will not see reinforcements called at any point this year. The only one you might see is Matt Manning. And again, that's not going to be like a, a, a first couple of months thing. Like that's likely going to be if he's doing really well post all-star break, you might see him in August or September. That's, that's the earliest you're going to see him. And even that one's a maybe. Uh, again, that one's performance based and and uh, a little bit on what we do at the deadline and if there are a lot of injuries at the major league level pitching wise and all that stuff. If we have a fully healthy rotation and nobody's good enough to trade at the deadline, you might not see him at all this year. Um, you'll uh, you, you'll probably see him in September at, at the worst, unless he's just bombing in the minors, unless he's just absolutely terrible in the minors. You'll, you'll probably see him at the end of the season. He'll probably get a start or two at the major league level this year, which will be fun. Um, but I, I just don't see a world where, um, where Torkelson and green even come close to the majors and really any of these prospects outside of Manning. I, well, I should really clarify that. That's way too broad of a statement to say. Like, Paredes is going to get time this year. Jake Rogers. If Jake Rogers doesn't play a major league game this year, it's over. He might as well retire because he sucks if that, if that happens. Jake Rogers is actually horrible if he doesn't play a major league game this year. If he doesn't do it this year and is healthy, then it's never going to happen and he's just bad. 
So I would imagine Rodgers is going to play get some PT this year. Paredes obviously will at some point, whether that's opening day, which I don't think it will be, or uh, again injuries are going to happen and stuff. He'll he'll get time, especially if if we end up trading scope at the All Star break or something. Um, then you'll absolutely see more of them. Um, who else? Fiedo's obviously out for the year. One started rehab. So he's uh, on track to return, not to the major league roster, but return to professional competitive pitching uh, early-ish in the summer, like June, I think, June, July. Um, Franklin Perez, I would be shocked if he didn't get some major league experience at some point. Uh, it, it's going to be a revolving door for, for a lot of like the fringe guys, um, but like the top, top prospects – uh, obviously Scooble and Mize are both going to be in the majors, but between Manning, Green, and Torque, the only one I'd expect to see this year is uh, is Manning. I, I don't see any scenario where Green or Torkelson um, are putting on an old English D after spring training this year. All right. I think that's it for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, rest of spring training, like I said, is finally getting underway, which is super duper exciting um and yeah the rest of the team showed up miggy showed up today looked looked in the best shape of his life baby (laughs) looked in the best shape of his life that was super cool um yeah so we'll keep you updated through uh through spring training and everything that goes on roster decisions games played start in in a couple of weeks so week or so actually i think relatively soon so We'll definitely have some updates as baseball season gets underway. As far as the roster, I'm I'm 99% sure that we are done signing major league players. If we do make a signing from here on out, it's going to be some minor league non-roster invite that probably won't make the team like a relevant signing. So I would say that the roster you're looking at right now, if you want to go through and do your own predictions and, and look at the team as a whole, this is the time to do it because I think it is finally – set in stone and we're finally done making moves and it's just over and done with. Um, so yeah, Tigers, I think that's it. I think that's it for the Tigs, baby. The Detroit basketball Pistons dropped two games this weekend, one to the Orlando Magic and one to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we'll, we'll go in uh, chronological. Yeah, so we'll start with the Grizzlies game. Um, this was an interesting game. We were down. Um, we were down pretty big and then came all the way back and then lost by, like, 15. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a, a game of, of, of runs, a game of streaks. Um Plumley had another good game, 10, 15, and 6. Jeremy Grant did not shoot well at all. Shot like 5 of 20. Um, I think 2 of 10 from 3. I mean, geez. Uh, he's on a little bit of a cold spell after the hot start to the year up to this point. Um, still getting all-star votes. Still got to push him into the all-star game. He absolutely deserves it. He's, he's the front runner for most improved player of the year, but, um, definitely the last three or four games has been, a, has been a little cold for him. Uh, Sadiq Bay, 14 points, three boards, five of 12 shooting four of nine from three. Sure. That's a, that's a pretty damn good game for a rookie. Wayne Ellington can continues to be pretty much invisible out there ever since his hot start. Uh, and Delon Wright continues to impress with 16, three and four and only missing one shot in the night. Josh Jackson is the man. 15 points off the bench. Uh, Seku played like five minutes and was fine. Beef was okay. Four points, five boards in 15 minutes. Yeah, look, look I'm Dennis Smith Jr. was terrible. Um, 0 of 7 shooting, zero points. Five assists, though. So outside of shooting, he was aight. Um, this game was just, it was a disaster. And then it wasn't a disaster for a little bit. We went on a nice little run there. And then it was a disaster again. So, like, this is these are just the kind of games we lose right now. These are the the 
I don't want to say non-competitive because we were within like four points at one point when, when we came back a little bit. But these are just the kind of like non-competitive is not the right word, but also you at no point did I ever sit there and be like, damn, I think we're going to take this game. You know what I mean? Like it just Memphis went on a cold streak. We went a little bit on a run there. And, and besides that, like eight minute stretch, it was pretty much all Memphis. So, um, man, that, this Memphis team is pretty fun too, man. Jaws unreal. Dude's an electric factory. Um, and I really like the Valanchunas move for them. He's, he's been pretty good for them, but, um, this is, this is just the kind of games we lose. Like I said, the defense wasn't great. The passing, I actually really liked the, 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 not the plays that were ran necessarily, but the, just the ball movement. Um, but it just didn't result into, I say this about the wings all the time. Like we're getting opportunities. It's just, we don't have the talented enough roster right now to take advantage of those all the time. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, honestly, this game was not very eventful outside of that little run we went on it is what it is like I said these are just the kind of games we lose right now um and that's why we lost it <laughs> right um the other game yesterday uh we lost to the Orlando Magic 96 to 105 this game was uh it ended up being a, a nine point loss this game was pretty close the whole time like the entire game, it was like a six-point game. We we were never we were never really in control. We were always losing, but um, we were yeah we we were like we were like five to to eight points back pretty much the entire game. It, it was a one of those weird just stuck. Everybody was stuck. Um. A lot better of a game for Jeremy Grant. I talked about up up until the Memphis game. He had kind of cooled down a little bit. This game was a nice bounce back game for him. 24-5-4 on 50% shooting from the field. 2 of 6 from 3. Sadiq Bay, 11 points, 8 boards, 3 of 10 shooting. I'm pretty sure he only attempted threes. Um, Mason Plumlee, 10-7. and seven. Wayne Ellington, irrelevant. Uh, so here's the thing about this game. This was the storyline. Also, Josh Jackson was incredible again, 17 and 10. Uh, he shot actually terribly, so I probably shouldn't say incredible, but he uh, he's out there, man. He, he's one of those people where obviously we need him to shoot better and he needs to shoot better um, than he did this game. That being said, he, he's just one of those people that you, you notice when he's out on the court, man. You can tell. And I, I think it's so weird that in Phoenix he got that rep of, like, the exact opposite. And then he comes here, and it's it's a whole different story. It's a pretty awesome turnaround. Um, Sekou shot like garbage. Isaiah Stewart was all right. Okay, I think that's it. So, but besides the main storyline, the main storyline of this one was the point guard position. DeLon Wright is hurt for the foreseeable future. So, the only point guards... Uh, we have on the active roster, really, um, are Dennis Smith Jr. and Saban Lee. We we did pick up Frank Jackson a couple weeks ago, but I'm not sure he's played a single minute. Oh, uh, no, I think he did a couple weeks ago, actually. He's not on the active roster currently. Um, but they Saban Lee, they might manipulate Saban's like, amount of time he's on the active roster because if he's not on the active roster for a certain amount of games, he maintains rookie status and the rookie contract. So I, I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but um, if you're going based on this game alone, you Saban Lee outplayed the hell out of Dennis Smith Jr. Flat out outplayed the man, which is fine. That's the whole point of these rebuilding teams. Give people minutes, give people opportunities, and see what the hell happens. But Dennis Smith Jr. started and only ended up playing 15 minutes. He had six points, no boards, two assists on two of six shooting. Saban Lee ended up off the bench, ended up playing damn near 35 minutes, 12 points, four boards, five assists on four of seven shooting. 
He outplayed the hell out of him. Outplayed him as a point guard. His passing was better. The physicality was better. That that athletic, you know, uber athlete that Dennis Smith Jr. is. I don't know whether it's just a new system thing or a timid thing or what, man. But Saban Lee goes after people, and Dennis Smith Jr. has not. Saban Lee's going to put a dude on a poster one day real soon. He's missed like three posters this year already. And two of them were yesterday. Tried to put Valanchunas, not Valanchunas. Yeah, no. Who's the magic? Vucevic, that's his name. Jeez. I was just talking about Valanchunas in Memphis. Um, Tried to put, end Vucevic's career. Tried to baptize him on national television. Um, There's a little bit of a push-off. That was kind of a foul. I guess we'll just ignore that. But, like, you know, Detroit versus everybody, baby. Saban Lee is it just looked a lot better. He looked a lot more in control. He looked a lot more confident. And he simply outplayed him. And that's why he played almost 20 more minutes than he did, even though he was coming off the bench and, and Dennis Jr. was supposed to be the starter. Outplayed the hell out of him. So that'll be an interesting thing going forward. DeLon Wright, like I said, is, is supposed to be out for the foreseeable future. And Killian is obviously out for, for quite a while still. And D Rose is gone. So it, it's it's really just gonna I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if Saban Lee if that's if that's going to turn into um like a starter. Like are we are we that shallow at the position where our second round pick in this year with with lit, little to no experience at the NBA level is just gonna turn into our starter? He looked damn good. He looked damn good yesterday. I ain't going to complain about it. But that, I mean, that's a testament to just how shallow the the point guard position is for this team right now. I don't know, man. He looked damn good. He looked damn good. I'd imagine Dennis Smith Jr. probably gets the next couple of starts and and Lee just gets off the bench. And if he keeps out playing him, he's just going to keep getting more minutes than him, even if he's coming off the bench. But, But damn. Damn, <laughs> my hair. I don't know what that was. Jeez. Um, Saban Lee, story of the game, easily. Easily the story of the game. Pretty good defensively, too. I think he had, yeah, three steals. Kid was electric. Kid was electric off the bench. Um, anything else for the Pistons? Uh, the Blake thing's been pretty quiet since it happened. Again, I don't think we're getting trade. I think that this has this has buyout written all over it. I really don't see how we are going to be able to um, to find a trade partner for him. I really don't. So that's going to keep continuing, and that story is going to keep developing. That being said, I, I would be honestly at this point, I'd be shocked if we were able to move him. I'd be shocked. Even if we got nothing in return, I'd be shocked if someone just willingly took on that entire contract. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, I guess. But uh, odds are, in my eyes, odds are pretty damn good. We just buy him out, and then go into next off season with um, a lot of money and hopefully some high draft picks, and keep moving this thing forward, baby. All right, now let's get on to the Detroit Hockey Red Wings. Okay, uh, split the weekend, one of one. I feel like in my intro, I said we lost both games. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I was talking about the Pistons. I don't, I feel like, I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. But I feel like I, I feel like that's a thing. I feel like I accidentally said we lost both games. We split the weekend series with the Florida Panthers, uh, one, one, the first game, was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And I, I don't know what else to say about it at this point. I don't know what other analysis I can provide when the same exact stuff happens every single game. Every single game. We lost 7-2. to two. 
Grice gets pulled after one. Four goal first period. You know what? The defense is absolutely terrible. And it probably wasn't all his fault. It definitely wasn't all his fault. But a four goal period, you're not staying in the game. Fine. And then even after that, Bernier gives up three and two. Like, oh, this team is still so, so bad. But the thing, like, I I don't even know what else to say. I I really don't. The same thing happens every game. We, We had 32 shots. The shots looked all right. The offense looked all right, I should say. The offense looked fine, man. Offense looked pretty damn fine. Uh, If you take away the seven, 32 shots and two goals is not a bad day at the office. The defense will make your eyes bleed. You will have to put on protective sunglasses so that it doesn't burn your eyes. It is so unbelievably bad. And the thing is, the defenders are bad. Yes. The defenders we have have for, most of them play pretty poorly, okay? But the reason why the offense is not just off the hook and like, oh, the offense, you know, 32 shots, two goals, offense looks defense. Look at the wingers and the center play defense. Like the two defensemen can only do so much. And they don't do a lot. They still deserve blame. But our wingers legitimately don't know how to play the position of winger when they are in their own zone. They forget what defense is. So I don't even know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. I, I say the same thing after every game. And I sound like a broken record. And and, and I want to provide more analysis. But I I can't. I don't know what else I can say. This defense is terrible. This offense is actually pretty, not pretty, but it's kind of respectable. I feel horrible for our goalies that have to put up with, with playing behind this defense. And Blaschel blows. That That's, that's it after every game but that's it I don't know what else to say man not a whole lot to, to to say just about that game in general horrible obviously seven to two final now Saturday a little back-to-back action we actually won a game this one actually there, there's some stuff to talk about uh the defense actually looked pretty okay. The defense looked okay. Did it look good? Absolutely the hell not. Not even close to good, I would say, actually. But was it one of the worst atrocities I've ever seen in my life like it usually is? No. No. Um, did we give up 40 shots on goal? Yes, but Bernier's good at his job and to the credit of the defense, not all shots are the same, right? I mean, some of the, some of the shots were actually, there was some decent defensive possessions in our own zone. I I will fully admit that being said, you still gave up 40 shots. It, it's still... It's still bad. It's just not as bad as it usually was. Okay, I, I don't want to make it sound like this defense was incredible tonight because it or last night, two nights ago. Jeez, because it wasn't. But you know, it's something. Okay, it's something. Um, we have a power. The one goal was on the power play as well. Uh, so the penalty kill 
gets worse. And then we went over to on the power play. Also, the Minnesota Wilds scored on the power play on Saturday. So, your Detroit Hockey Red Wings now have the worst power play percentage in the entire NHL. And on top of that, if the season ended today, it would be the worst of all time. Let's go, baby. Um, won the faceoff percentage like we do pretty much every game. It's the one thing we're good at. Uh, not a very physical game. Not a lot of hits. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Bernier was on his head. Absolutely on his head. Um, looked really good. Has looked outside of Friday night's game. Has looked really good all year. Uh, good showing by him. Defensively, I, they all suck, man. I, I don't know. Juice has looked okay, but he plays like six minutes a game for some reason. While Mark Stahl plays 20. Hironik looked okay. I know I ripped on him a lot in, in Friday's show. He looked okay. Um, yeah. The, the the offensive side, everybody looked pretty solid. Like I said, this is a pretty respectable offensive performance. Uh, and, and it usually is. Um, Bobby Ryan looked good. Zadina looked good. Bobby Ryan missed a uh, shot that he probably should have hit there in, I think, the second period. Um, Mantha looked okay. Larkin looked great, as Larkin in general does, especially compared to the rest of this team. But the story... The, the big story is obviously Brome. Brome, 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 Brome. Scores his first career NHL goal. Nice little rebound. It was incredible. Um, awesome moment. Kid seems super excited. 86 in red, baby. Kid seems super pumped about it. Larkin was on the ice, which was awesome as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just cool. It was just cool to see that. It was cool that um, it's just cool. First NHL goals are always cool. And he's no different. That, that was awesome. Um he, he looks like a little kid out there. And and honestly, all of Red Wings Twitter was ecstatic because we love Brome. And he's gotten opportunities, and he's looked good. And he finally, 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 finally put one in the back of the net. Awesome moment. Awesome everything. Um, yeah. 86 in red, baby. Uh, I will say this. The, this team, while while we won, okay, we won a game. Woohoo, won a game. Um, it was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. I, I, I'm, slow, I, I'm slowing down. I want to articulate this well. Obviously, a win's a win. You're not gonna catch me. You're not gonna catch me complaining about a win. That being said, um, that was not a a very mm, attractive win. It was ugly. It was brutal. But a win's a win. Brome scored his first goal. Bada bing, bada boom. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Um. Anything else for the Red Wings? Oh, they released our uh, our top 20 organizational prospects, which really just pissed me off because Giovanni Smith... We might have talked about this on Friday, man. I am so out of it. I'm so sorry. Giovanni Smith at 17. That pissed me off because he's down in Grand Rapids. Uh, Mo, we actually can talk about Mo. He's back from injury, which is great news. And we're already seeing highlights of his back on the timeline. He just beats the shit out of people. And it's so awesome. I love it. I love it so much. He just absolutely beats the hell out of people. 
and it's awesome, and I love it, and I can't wait for him to be in here. I guess we'll just end on that. We'll end on uh, talking about when we could see him because that's another common question that people ask me a lot. Um, I do not think that we are going to see him this year, and if we do, or I, I should clarify, I don't think we're going to see him a lot this year. I think we could see him at the very end of the season for like four or five games. But if his team goes deep into the into the season, deep into the playoffs, you might as well just leave him over there as much as I hate to say it. Like, I don't know. It, it's We're going to see him next year. That's a guarantee. But, you know, why start the service clock? I think it's if he plays more than like – it's like 10, 11, or 12 games, then this counts as a full season. So he's definitely not playing more than that because there's no way this front office would let that happen, lose a whole a whole year of service time for a, a wasted, you know, bottom-dweller season. Um, that being said, um, you, might, you might see him at the very end. It all depends on how his team does uh, as well as um, – health obviously he just came back from an injury and obviously again you're not going to see him for for more than however many games uh takes away a year of his eligibility of service time so expect him at the very end of the year if his team is not still playing competitive hockey but if it is then don't uh regardless you're not going to see him get a ton of pt until next year next year's the year baby next year's the year i can't wait i'm super excited he, he just beats the shit out of people, man. He just beats the living hell out of people. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for the Wings. Let's go on. Last but not least, the Detroit Football Lions. Free agency is, is relatively around the corner here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's been some articles written um, by by publications about uh, who we could be targeting and, and such. Um, and one of the biggest topics of conversation is obviously the salary cap and that if this current salary cap was, if the projected salary cap is what it's going to end up being, then we're probably going to be over it. So uh, it's been this thing where we are trying to figure out who is a cut candidate. And, and somebody, people are going to get cut. Because again, we're, we're, we're a terrible team and we're over the salary cap. Um, so stuff's going to have to happen. There's a couple of uh, kind of, I, I, I'll call them obvious. I, I don't want to be you know disrespectful to anybody, obviously. But, but I'll call a, a couple of these pretty obvious. I think Desmond Trufant's a pretty damn obvious candidate. He's like a $12 million cap hit if he's on the roster. Like, the the if you – I'm pretty sure it's, it's half guaranteed, his contract. So, if you're cutting him, you're saving yourself $6 million. Uh, I think – for a guy who played as well as he did and who was honestly just hurt as much as he was and how bad this defense is anyway, I'm not sure why we would just eat 12 mil for production. We could like you, you could find a, a similar production value with the six mil you free up. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just feel like that's, that's uh, a relatively obvious one. Uh, it just hasn't worked out. It hasn't looked great. The other one, um, I don't know if this one's necessarily as obvious. This one's actually a little bit harder, um, just because of his his the type of cornerback he is. But like Justin Coleman's a candidate, I will say. Again, I won't say that one's like a likely one or anything, but that one's definitely a candidate. Um, and then the there honestly, there's a lot on the defense. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot on the defense. And pretty much anyone we pay on the defense, actually. Danny Shelton, Christian jo anyone. I don't care. 
Pretty much anyone we pay that's not on like a rookie salary on the defense is a candidate. We'll just leave it at that for the defensive side because this defense is horrific. You know what I mean? It can't, it's not going to, getting rid of some of these guys is not going to make it drastically worse. It's already terrible. You're coming in with a new DC anyway. Why not? Just let some heads drop. On the offensive side of the ball, um, Chase Daniels is it, Daniel is probably one, uh, especially if we draft a quarterback. Uh, that contract was kind of freaking stupid always. I'm not sure why we paid a, a quarterback that. I guess because, you know, the David Blau thing happened the year before. But, like, if we're drafting a QB, I don't really see a, a need in keeping Daniel, especially for the amount of money he's way making. I think we saved damn near four, four, four and a half, five million dollars if he's gone. So that's definitely a, a candidate. And then the, I think this is maybe the most obvious one. Uh, at least in the, yeah, this has got to be one of the most obvious ones. But uh, Jesse James has to be a prime candidate. Um, that one, I'm pretty sure we're only saving two or three million bucks only two or three. It's so weird talking about money in the, in the term, in the, in the sports world and how two or $3 million turns into only, <laughs> um, but you're all, you're only saving about two or three mil. But, um, that being said, he's literally irrelevant. He is literally a ghost on this team. So like, Two or three million dollars that you save is is worth losing nothing. Like he he literally is not part of this offense. He's just not. And if you're really desperate to find a backup tight end, look, man, draft one in the seventh round or or take that two or three mil and sign one for a, like a a mid level like base level contract in free agency that nobody else wants. It'll be the same production that Jesse James has been giving us. The dude has been invisible. <laughs> invisible on offense. Literally invisible. Um, so those are the, the prime candidates for being bought out. Um, again, anyone on this defense can 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 go. I Anyone that's making money, I should say, on this defense is is a prime candidate, and and we could see go. Um, and then the yeah the offense, that's really it, I guess. Um, the other thing that's coming up is franchise tags. I would be shocked if anyone on this team got set tagged got tagged outside of Kenny Galladay, and we've talked about this two or three episodes now. We've talked about Kenny Galladay's future with with um with the team in general and the future situation of, of his contract being up this year I really think that they're gonna tag him I, I would honestly at this point I'd be shocked if they didn't I think it's it's fairly obvious that that is the direction that they are going to go uh and and like you know I, I'm not gonna repeat myself the last three episodes but it just makes a lot of sense there's a lot of different things you can do with him afterwards once you tag him if you want to extend him tag him first this offseason extend him next offseason uh if you're gonna move him obviously he has to be on the team in order for that to happen so tag him uh it doesn't make sense to just let him walk he's too talented and too young i think it it really just makes perfect sense honestly and and um and it doesn't rule out that he's gonna get paid and get extended it, it doesn't but with, with a team that's rebuilding slash retooling, we're rebuilding. Um, I think odds are pretty good. If I had to put money on it right now, like, hey, what are we doing with Kenny Galladay? What does his future look like? I would say tag and trade. Not immediately. I think we might wait until the deadline or something. Uh, he didn't play a lot this past year, obviously, so his value might not be super high. But... I will say, I think the obvious one is to tag him and then probably trade him um, at some point before the deadline this regular season. I think that's probably where my money's at. Uh, I don't see us dishing out a ton of money 
especially with how much we're already kind of up against the cap. I don't really see us spending a ton of money. Um, Anna, it's tough, man. It's tough. Because in the same breath, I say this on a wide receiver, right? I say that, but we don't have a wide receiver under contract like after this season. Which is absurd, but true. <laughs> All of our wide receivers are 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 like either leaving this offseason or or they're on the last year of their deal. So maybe we just say screw it and we pay them. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like given the current situation of the team, um it also might have to do with how well if we take a quarterback this year, how well they're looking what their future's looking like. I don't know. I don't know. We, we'll definitely talk about that once the season starts and we're getting more into that. But we have a long ways away until that happens. Um, I, but, yeah, as far as franchise tag can go, I think that's the only person we really have to keep an eye on. I would be shocked if anyone else on this team was franchise tagged, to be honest. That's really the only candidate. Uh, we talked about the salary cap and about people who might get cut. Once we get closer to free agency, we can maybe start talking about people that they should have their eye on that they could, that I could see them signing. Um, it's not going to be a lot of big names. Um, yeah, I think that's it, man. A little bit of a shorter episode. Outside of the games played, not not a very newsworthy weekend. Just you know, four games played in the city, but not a very uh, a, a newsy weekend. That's for sure. But still, still Detroit sports, baby, baby, bear, 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 bear. Still, still a fun weekend. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully things are looking better for this city's team soon. Dude, I can't speak. What is happening to me? For this city's teams soon. Jeez. Ridiculous. I, I had to re-record the Red Wings part too. Because I accidentally said that we lost. And then I talked about the game as if we won. And I was like, yeah, these two score goals. But every time I talked about the score, I kept saying 2-1 Florida. What is wrong? I'm just out of it, man. Jeez. All right. I think that'll do it. I can't think of anything else crossed all four i think that's it that'll do it for the detroit lions which means that'll do it for our show thank you so much for listening thanks for putting up with me today Jeez, not not my uh you know the grind continues i'm gonna be here every monday wednesday and friday but definitely not my 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 best work so th- thank you for putting up with me and continuing to come back even through that Jeez, um yeah i think that's it Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back Wednesday. Hopefully, I'm not in this mental state on Wednesday. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Going to therapy is dope. Peace and love. Thank you so much for the support that you guys continue to show. It is unbelievably awesome, and I love doing this. I'll catch you Wednesday. Go to Detroit Sports, baby.